0: Log Talk Radio.
1: got my partner in crime mr. Craig Moore here with us tonight also we've got a special fill-in uh, the honorable of our production manager the honorable Miss Lee Reed I'm so excited to be able to share uh, the studio and the microphone uh, with with you here tonight Miss Lee I believe this is the first time that we've actually ever worked together on a show and many times have I taken your guidance and watched your thread and You've kind of carried us along, no matter what the show was, and uh, it's just an honor to to be with you and uh, hear your opinions and your voice uh, on this uh, <laughs> Tuesday evening.
2: Thank you, Chris.
1: All right. I have so much to get in, in, uh, in on the air here tonight. Craig Moore. Oh, my gosh. Craig Moore, what did we see? Oh man, where do the storylines begin?
3: Well, uh, let's see. We can we can go right to today's news with uh, Michael McDowell. Yep,
1: that's out off the press. Uh, Michael McDowell, one hundred thousand dollar fine. Something from a supplier has uh, been found to be modified, and NASCAR brought out the hammer down on oh, Michael McDowell, and you know. It's unfortunate. Uh, huh? Well, we've watched this front row motorsports team uh, overachieve all season long, and uh, you know I, I'm pretty sure that this isn't a performance issue, but it's probably a performance issue. But uh, you yeah, know, even still, hopefully Michael McDowell will continue uh, with his great run. He could even be a threat this weekend at, at uh, Indy. Uh, so. That's down. Yeah, it's it's huge, Miss Lee. It's huge. I mean a hundred thousand dollars is uh and it's probably somebody's uh salary uh somewhere. So right. uh
3: Well here's what know, I don't uh, get. And I and I don't under- I don't understand this, uh, with Kyle Bush, Denny Hamlin disqualification. During pre-race, they don't tear the car down completely. They put it through the laser template. At the end of the race, they take the vinyl back. I wonder if they thought something was up in the very beginning and that's why they did it or if that's a normal course of action to pull back
2: vinyl. That is standard procedure. When they break down those first two cars, that is standard procedure. They break them down as much as they need to
3: well honestly i think they should do that moving forward i mean that they have to be able to piece that vinyl back together and make it look uniform i would think (laughs) um once inspection is Uh, done because here that's something that they probably should have caught During pre-race inspection, I would think I would think that the template would have been or the laser would have been a little bit off. That's just my thought.
2: Yeah, but did you did you read the the dimensions? I don't have it in front of me, but did you read the dimensions on the tape that they found? It's it's. I suppose. Yeah, it was like two and and a half or something. If the laser's that precise, they should have caught it pre-race but maybe the laser's not, not to be that precise. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Who knows? I mean, knows, I don't it's know. just...
1: honestly, my opinion is that it was 90 minutes past, but our normal inspection process, uh, would deem legal or illegal. And, uh, you know, it's almost kind of, maybe somebody, uh, maybe somebody called that one in and, and sure enough, they checked them and it was, uh, an infraction, but, uh, I guess that's something we won't know, uh, the, the details of when and how uh, NASCAR did you to check that area because, I, like, I was surprised that, uh, you know, that it would, I guess, peel back the wrap. I'm sure that that's probably something that they do to check uh, some of these composite bodies now. So uh, I, I feel like I learned a little something uh, off this inspection but what it does is it scares the hell out of every engineer uh, at any of the other shops
2: because, uh, <laughs> and it's meant to and it's meant yeah. to I it just should, wish that we could get uh, a little more wish we could get a little more information on the specifics of McDowell's and team infraction just like with the incident with Brad K and and RFK months back. You know, if they'd give us a little more specific information so we knew exactly what parts they were trying to modify that, you know, so people would have a better idea just where where are these teams trying to push things now? If I'm a team owner... They have ceased
1: all operations and anything that could be uh, deemed uh, an illegal activity, and I think that that's exactly NASCAR's point, right? I mean, this is where this is where youth owners have asked for NASCAR to come down and stop the the peddling, stop the 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 cheated up this and the cheated up that, and and they've all asked for for this very thing to happen, and uh, you know, I think. And that, this uh, is- the,
2: this is exactly why JGR did not appeal their penalty.
1: Right, because they knew
2: that they, they, they didn't. Right.
3: And I and I guess that you know, NASCAR said when this new car came out, there was gonna be no there was gonna be no wiggle room. You know, right. I, right. I think with this I think with this new car, even making an appeal is kind of pointless. Um because you're gonna lose it almost you're gonna lose it probably ninety percent of the time. Right. 99%. I don't know.
1: I don't know if that's necessarily the case, Craig, because you always it's kind of like uh, when you throw out the uh, the red flag uh, in football and you want to review an official review. Uh, there have been instances where you didn't think that something would be overturned and it was either lessened or completely overturned uh, by the board of NASCAR. I think with JGR just admitting the the truth is, look. You caught us, there's, you know, we, we were told this, this is what we were supposed to do. I'm already embarrassed by the fact, I'm not going to, this is, this is the biggest penalty against an organization and the highest ranking of NASCAR since 1960. Um, right. You know, if it is, the talk of the garage, like we went from talking Tyler Reddick to, <laughs> wow, the, the biggest fine ever set down uh against the driver and, and look denny hamlin i love it his response he sits down at his kitchen table he's got his trophy <laughs> he's got his champagne he's not bothered like it's a, it's not it's not going to bother him that he lost one uh by 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 the uh the the count i guess it, it you know brings to mind bobby allison he always claims he won one more race than he's actually uh given credit for, and I think that this is going to be similar, especially when Chase Elliott's team went out and said, look, we're not selling any merchandise on this win or anything. We're just basically like, this never happened. So the drivers are separating themselves completely from the fact that, uh, you know, Denny Hamlin did win the race.
2: And I like his post with with his daughter Taylor with the flag and telling NASCAR, good luck getting that one back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
3: and I, and I like what I like what Chase said too about you know if he wants if he wants to give me the trophy I'll take it if he doesn't he can have it it's not that big of a deal we're not going to celebrate this win you know right. as far as I'm concerned he won it that that there even Chris being a Chase uh, detractor has to admit that that was that was classy
2: yeah you have I to mean, give him credit for that. You know, yeah,
1: he just mean, said, No, I, I want to I, did. I didn't make a fuss about it. I should be No, Chase no, 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 Elliott won. But, but 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 by no means uh, this one fell into his lap and yeah, he, he actually earned some brownie points from me this week because uh, I haven't been all detrimental. I can't believe Chase is the winner and all that other, you know. Well drama listen, it's a good thing it
3: listen, it's a good thing Chase didn't finish like in eleventh position. They had had to disqualify a whole bunch more cars. It probably
1: was A lot of J G R cars were up front. Uh so uh that's uh that's not a surprise. Um you, you know, that it that wasn't the only surprise this weekend. We got to see Ty Gibbs off in a uh Denny Hamlin twenty three eleven. Talk about uh <laughs> how ironic is it for Ty to uh, sit in Kurt Busch's car as we wait to see if he drives Kyle Busch's car um, I think that that was uh, quite ironic um, What you know 18th place finish I think 16th after the disqualifications uh, Kyle went out there and did what he had to do right and he ran yeah,
2: clean and door. Door. he kept the car in one piece you know and I think that's
3: exactly what he needed was he needed tea time and a cup car and he got some, he got a learning experience out of it. Now, I wonder if, if that was Coach Gibbs telling Denny, hey, listen, Kurt's out. Let's put, let's put Ty in it. Or was uh, that, you know, Denny's choice or Michael's choice?
1: Yeah, once again, I, I don't think that they could have been Denny's choice. I, I think it had to have been uh Coach Gibbs is, is that was his spot. Like I, I you know, it just kinda makes you wonder how much control does Joe Gibbs really have over this uh over this second team here. Um you know, because you would think that Denny Hamlin would make sure that he put in somebody that he felt and, and John Hunter Nemechek was there at the race track. Uh so it's it's quite uh you know, obvious that uh Joe Gibbs wanted Ty Gibbs to be in that forty five car.
3: Right, which means you know he wanted them in, he wanted them in a Cup Toyota, uh, and he wanted them to stay within the organization. And we've said this from the beginning, and not to beat a dead horse, but we said from the beginning that uh, twenty three eleven is is the uh, fifth and sixth Joe Gibbs team, and right. you know it's it's proved to be it's proved to be true. I mean, yeah, kudos I to uh, Chris Revel.
1: Craig, as I'm watching things develop here, I'm just not for certain that that's going to be the way that uh, this relationship ends uh, because I I really do believe that Denny Hamlin understands he's not going to be able to bring his team a championship uh, if he's continuously uh, relying on the supply group to come from Joe Gibbs Racing. He understands after this incident that his teams are fifth and sixth on the charts when it comes to pit crews. So it's going to be up to twenty three eleven to go out, and they're going to have to buy their own pit crew guys, and they're going to have to train their own pit crew guys. And that's a, you know, they're going to have to do certain things to their cars that I believe Stuart Haas had to do uh, after, you know, because when Tony Stewart won the championship, they were really just a a second Hendricks team. We can all agree to that, right? Oh, yeah. Right. So, you know he had his pick crew. They 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 were they were they all come from Hendrick uh, and whatnot. But now, yeah, of course Stuart Haas made the change and they completely you know became their own organization and no longer took the pacifier uh, from Hendrick. And I believe Jenny Hamlin is going to do the same thing with Michael Jordan uh, and and the twenty three eleven race team. Now I may be wrong. I may
3: be wrong, but I I swore I believe I read something last week, maybe on Twitter, that uh, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan have uh, have decided to branch out and get their own pit crew for twenty twenty three and beyond. So I'm trying to look and see if where I saw that. Yeah, uh, I believe I, they I,
1: have acquired. Uh, the rights to a certain pit crew guy that they were that they were seeking and uh, signed him to a five-year deal. Uh, I heard a little bit of something about that uh, on one of the radio shows, uh, but uh, I cannot uh, give the full details of the information. Uh, it was just kind of in one ear and out the other. But as I said, you know, obviously Denny Hamlin realizes I've got to have my own. My own stuff. If I'm going to compete with my team at the highest level, look, Tyler Reddick is coming, right? And we've all said here at Race Chat Live over the years, <laughs> Tyler Reddick is the next superstar. I think we could all agree with that. And look, we've said before, like Kyle Larson, you went from, uh, you know, to being a loyalist at Chip Ganassi Racing to a superstar at Hendrick. You know, <laughs> like you, you got your championship. I think. Uh, Hendrick has uh, put his attention elsewhere now that uh, he brought Kyle Larson championship, but uh, that's besides the point. Um, What we're going to see with Tyler Reddick is the buildup of the same uh, type of situation where you want everything aligned perfect for Tyler Reddick so that he can come out of that ready to win Daytona 500, ready to, to put out, Uh, some of the biggest wins of his career and challenge for a championship at the end of 2024 race season, if not beforehand, because uh, if Kurt Busch and, you know, we didn't, we didn't hit on this enough with Kurt Busch is done. If this is the, 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 the injury that ends the career of Kurt Busch, um, you know, we could definitely uh, uh, see some uh, things happen a lot quicker uh, with Tyler Reddick and possibly other drivers uh, doing the shift around over at twenty three eleven and Joe Gibbs, not not even counting the fact that we haven't talked about that. Kyle Bush looks like he's leaving uh, Joe Gibbs racing, but I mean we can save that for for the for the next uh, segment if you guys want to. Yeah, no, that's and
2: fine. Just, just to mention, I I mentioned this in our group chat, but. Um, Kurt Bush, I have not been able to find anything definitive. However, he is on the entry list for Sunday's race. So, we'll see what, you know, we've got a little bit of time between now and Sunday, but we'll see what happens with that.
1: Yeah, and it's up to Kurt Bush to tell us when he's ready to come back racing. Um, of course, uh I don't foresee uh they they would make a move of him not being as the scheduled driver, uh, until being told otherwise. But you know, this is uh this is one of those things where we could talk about the safety of the car. Um and and guys I didn't think that was that hard of a hit. I know we were at Pocono but he was on I mean it was kind of his second lap or something uh in, in, in uh the last quarter qualifying. He backed her into the wall. Uh Some reports are that he may have dinged his head a little bit at some of these other tracks uh, in the beginning of the season. You know, we've seen some catastrophic wrecks uh, from the 45 team this year. So, uh, you know, uh, basically he may have had his head rung at one of these other racetracks, and this was just a continued uh, situation. We all know.
2: And as we uh, know from experiences of, of Dale Jr. and others, this can be a cumulative thing. So like you said, Chris, it could be just, you know, a buildup from the other wrecks that he's had, you know, and, and maybe this wasn't that big a one, but it was just the one. Take a look at Joseph Newgarden, our, Excuse me, Newgarden. He had a really bad hit uh, this past weekend as well. He was cleared from the medical center, came out the medical center, and fell and hit his head. Right. And is now under concussion protocol. So you know, go figure.
1: Right. Yeah, I think we underestimate uh, the, uh, the 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 long term effects of the sport. And Kurt Busch, being that he's been around for as long as he has, I mean, he was uh, a rookie the year that Dale Earnhardt looked, or Dale Earnhardt died. That can put things really in perspective right. of just how long Kurt Busch has been around. Uh, This is not the first time that he's dinged his head. I mean, obviously, uh, he's had uh, a career of wrecks and and magnificent uh, um, uh, uh, spectacular crashes over the life of his career. So, um, you know, and obviously, we think that the cars and and safety equipment is better now than it's ever been. But take for granted we've continued to say, is this well we've continued to ask Miss Lee and Craig Moore, is this car foldable? Like I, I see this car too stiff and I and I wonder if you guys uh, noticed it. Maybe the reason why we didn't think that this was a hard hit is because the damage on the car didn't look spectacular. And, and right you know, I I'd like to know you guys so what what your opinion is.
0: Go
3: ahead, Miss Lee.
2: Well, you know, yeah, we can see the damage on the outside of the car, but what's going on inside the car? And what, you know, besides the Hans device, what has NASCAR done to make the inside of the car safer? Years ago, um, Jason and I had a guest on, oh, gosh, I can't even think of their name but they were promoting a safety device for soccer players to, to help lessen the impact of hits to the head and, and concussions and whatnot. I'll have to pull that up and share it with you guys later. Anyhow, um, but, you know, so, so what improvements have been made inside the helmets, say, to cushion the head better? Um, you know, yes, we know the Hans device has been an incredible, incredible improvement safety wise, but what can be done to better that? Now that we know more about concussions and and the effects of, of continued head impacts, where is the development in protecting the driver's heads and necks better
0: right
1: right well i'm and, you and
2: uh, south
1: walls obviously craig moore um and 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 crush panels are a big factor into the absorption of this energy uh but go ahead craig sorry
3: you know you look at the wreck that kurt bush had versus the smack that ryan blaney had right uh he hit the, he hit that wall pretty square uh the inside retaining wall and i thought for sure that he was going to have a concussion so i have to i have to agree with what i believe it was chris said about or you i don't remember which one about the repeated blows it's just like a football player yeah i mean exactly yeah those helmets are those helmets are you know designed for safety but how often are they redesigned and reconfigured to make them safer or how can you make a helmet even more safer than it already is? Right uh, from what it what it is now. Um, as far as the head and neck restraint, I think that's one of. The, I if if Earnhardt wouldn't have got killed, you wouldn't have seen that head and neck restraint. Um, as quick as you did, you might have you seen right. you seen the closed face helmets because they threatened to find Junior for it. I remember that. Um, I even think, if I remember right, they threatened to not let him race if he didn't go to a closed-faced helmet.
0: Um,
3: but I think if he wouldn't have gotten killed, there wouldn't have been such a pressure right away for the safety innovations we've had over the last 20-plus years in right. the court. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'd i love to see what they could do to make the helmet safer, but yet... Uh, not as cumbersome, if that makes sense. Because, I mean, those helmets are the same as a motorcycle closed-face helmet. They have a little, they have more padding in them. They have electronics and stuff in them, but it's no different than a regular motorcycle helmet, from what I can tell. If they could figure out how to make those safer, that would be. Uh, and how often are those helmets changed out? because exactly. you're
2: constantly, you're constantly
3: smacking your head. I know for a fact that they tell you that the average motorcycle helmet lasts 5 years. So, how often are they switching out helmets? Do they have a plethora of helmets? I'm sure they do. Does the driver like the one that this one fits better than the rest of? Them? And that's so I like why you with this question it.
1: Greg Moore and I think that we can uh, find that uh, we'll find that information out because I, if, if I'm not mistaken, I believe after each crash these helmets have to be recertified. I believe that they are uh, unlike the old days where you know it was uh, you know if they just checked to see if it had any dings on it. I think I think after uh, certain collisions and stuff that these uh, these helmets have to be recertified uh, for safety. It, it is also done. Uh, in the NFL, uh, where they have to recertify helmets and stuff after hits and all. Um, so, uh, yeah, I believe I believe that's already something that has been instituted, though. Uh, but, uh, you know, safety is a, a major concern. Like we've seen a car upside down uh, this weekend as well. Jeb Burton took a well of a hit uh, in the Xfinity race. Did you guys get to see that? Oh, my God! No, I didn't.
2: Yes, I, I, I did was, uh, see I was that. at a race myself. That was horrendous.
1: Yes, I, I've seen the replay of it. It was absolutely horrendous. Yeah, so it's kind of like no, an kind of like off the movie set, Craig Moore, where uh, a car was sent. Uh, Jeb Burton was basically running the inside wall, and a car come in, and basically Jeb Burton ramped, uh, ramped off the hood of this car, and you know, uh, uh, lid first, uh, scraped it, you know, uh, on the ground for, I mean, he Clint Boyard it for quite a, quite a stretch there. Um, he <laughs> yeah, did. I say Clint Boyard it. And, uh, Ms. Lee knows exactly what I'm talking about. When uh, Clint Boyer crossed the finish line upside down uh, at Daytona back in 2000, I believe it was 2007. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it was a, uh, you know you you see spectacular wrecks like that and then you see Kurt Bush back in the wall and uh Jeff Burton's doing great and uh now we're we're hoping that uh Clint uh Kurt Bush uh is 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 okay um but you know he he's supposedly coming back one more year and if he does uh, I hope that he uh doesn't have any health prolonged health issues that could possibly uh keep him from that but uh, a lot of dominoes are falling guys, a lot of dominance are falling, so I I really felt like this was the weekend that, thing, thing, that uh, things were going to get done at Joe Gibbs Racing. I know that we've speculated all year long, could be Kyle Busch doesn't come back to JGR, but I don't know if any of us really thought that that was probably even a likely possibility. Um, now we're hearing names like Junior Motorsports, and we're hearing Smithfield Bacon, and uh, we're hearing, you know, that, uh, you know, Kyle Bush has basically talked to other teams, uh, what mm-hmm. teams he's talked to and, and, and who he's talked to. I don't think we are uh, quite aware of the extent and the amount of teams he's talked to. Uh, but I do know that uh, it has been it has been reported that he's had conversation with Toros Racing. Uh, so, yeah, he, um, he
2: himself has confirmed that he's talking to other teams. Right, yeah, yeah that teams. I did read.
1: Teams. Okay, now let's take two teams that we already know off the list. Who would that be? Stewart Haas. Hendrick, Hendrick yeah. and Penske, right? No, we we're, we're eliminating who he'd be talking to.
2: He probably oh, wouldn't okay. be talking
1: to Hendrick. And he probably wouldn't be talking to Pensky. So no, no, 'cause Hendrick children. and Penske
2: they're they've got their lineup set. They're they're good they're good to go.
1: So they could possibly be talking to Richard Childress Racing. He could possibly be talking to Stuart Haas Racing, which I, we've heard reports that they are. He could possibly be talking to a colleague or or a maybe a junior motorsports. There's something going on over at junior motorsports, and, and I just I just don't quite have my finger on it. I think we all thought what a crazy idea it would be if Kyle Busch – Somehow wound up in a junior motorsports car, uh, hmm. man. I, I I'm just not going to take that off the table right now. If I had to pick well, the most likely either. place for Kyle Bush to land, you would think that it would be Stuart Haas. But but guys, what better way to splash in the Cup Series than than that? Your guy's Kyle Bush. and 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 junior motorsports has the connection to to get 25 million a year.
2: And they've also been talking this year about expanding the Cup. So put two and two together.
3: Yeah, it's – you know what? And I honestly wouldn't think it would be too far-fetched for him possibly to be speaking to RFK. Think about this. They need to turn around there. They need to turn around that team and make it a race-winning team. What better way to do that? been with a two-time champion well, in the you know, the that that's Christmas. where
1: Kyle started his career at uh, right, yeah. yeah. Kurt Kurt basically, basically got his brother's son at Roush Racing at the time when he was 16 years old or 15 years old if I'm not mistaken. Oh, they've done a recent biography about it. And uh, so so that would be a coming-home type situation uh, for Kyle Busch if that were to happen. But I just – I don't know if you could put the rivalry aside. I, you know, the rivalry's already put aside with Dale Jr. and Kyle Busch uh, because Junior's no longer racing. Uh, and they've had to sit down and talk about it. And, uh, you know, uh, knowing the way Dale Jr., does business he he they might have taken the opportunity in that sit down on on the Dell Jr. download to say, Hey, you know, if things don't work out over at uh over at M's and Joe Gibbs, you know, I'm thinking about starting a cup team, you know. Uh, if I was Dell Junior I would have definitely not miss that opportunity. Uh knowing that uh, Kyle Bush would soon be a free agent. Uh But I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not wiggling my tail. I'm not getting excited about it. But uh just the whole atmosphere over at Joe Gibbs Racing, what we're hearing, and we're so far apart, and this is this is failing right before our eyes. And basically, Kyle Busch just blew off Joe Gibbs at the end of the race there at Pocono. Um, I'm just really not sure they're there in a happy place right now, and that potentially uh, see that uh, Kyle Busch goes somewhere else in the 2023 race season.
0: All
3: right. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. Or could it be all a big root? Like,
2: that's that's the sure. that's the key. We don't we don't know. I mean, you know, we we hear what we hear, but do do we really know what's going on behind the scenes? Are they dragging yeah. us out to try to? Um, get more sponsorship or get more money or whatever, and to tease the fans along, or is there really this risk?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's hard to market him right now, to be honest with you, the way that he's acting and the way that, you know, he's not helping himself, that's for sure, right? Uh, if Uh You know, and Kyle said it's not my job to find the sponsor. If it was his job to find a sponsor, then I guess he should have the money for his own team. It's kind of like, oh, you want me to go out and find a sponsor, and then you know, me get half of it. So, you know, it shouldn't work like that. Uh, you should go find my sponsor for me. But he's definitely not helping uh, Joe Gibbs by his ta- by, by, by his tant- temper tantrums and his uh, and his actions, and um, you know, it's. You know, I think Joe Gibbs is really at his end with it. He he understands that he has to make the transition similar to what Hendrick did a couple years ago. And uh, this is just – I've never seen a driver retire uh, with Joe Gibbs racing, and I don't think Kyle Busch is going to be the first. Right. (laughs) Oh, except for Carl Edwards, I I should say. Carl Edwards did retire because he got to Joe Gibbs and found out how miserable it was to drive (laughs) for somebody else besides Roush. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
3: right. Listen, I just watched. I just watched that wreck with Jeb Burton. That was horrendous. That was bad.
1: Told ya. Yeah.
3: I mean, yeah, I could just, have been even worse uh,
1: somebody would have hit him while he was uh, sliding like that. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, thankful so
3: kudos, kudos to everybody involved. You know, the one thing we didn't get to talk about, Chris, and I don't know what you got on your agenda for tonight, but uh, since we didn't have, since we had problems with Blog Talk last week. Chicago, the Chicago street race is a go. Um, and I don't know. I just hope that the streets are wide enough and paved good enough so that way there's no problems and, and you know, it's successful. But one has to wonder. Yeah, I, I, think it's I don't know if you
2: guys you saw this, but um, Bob Pacras did a um, – he did a walkthrough of the supposed layout, and then just today or yesterday, I believe somebody actually drove to the layout. It's on Twitter. I'm I'm looking it up right now. I think but I shared definitely. it on the race here live page. Okay, okay. So you guys seen that then? Um, yeah, this is going to be interesting. You know, I know they're trying to you know, trying new things and everything, but I just don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm skeptical.
3: Well, I think NASCAR needs to worry about NASCAR not becoming more like F1 or Indy. <laughs> you know, oh, things like uh, that, no. I don't need-
2: well, is it them try, not trying to be more like them, or is them is it NASCAR thinking that okay, they these other series have had success with these kinds sure. of venues? Let's see what we can do with it.
1: Uh, you know, yeah. I, I think that this is uh, the continued growth of NASCAR, and uh, you know the the willingness to try things. Try things and do things different I, I, We've said this several years ago that uh, we wanted to see NASCAR do things that even we questioned at times, whether or not that would be seen to do I think they're 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 not leaving anything on the table um, they're you know let's try it let's try it once and see what happens here I can't judge. This race until it actually happens. Who knows? It may be the coolest race of the season. I, I know. I doubted the Roval, and that was pretty cool the first time we got to see that. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm kudos to NASCAR for uh, continuing to think outside the box. My only issue is, do we honestly need another road course? Which leads <laughs> to, uh to you know the news from California? But go ahead, Chris. That
3: was going to be my other thing is, do we really need another freaking road course? Um, as it is, it's a street course. So how many seats, how many spectators are you going to be able to have at this, for one? Um, what is it going to do for Chicago's power grid? Because you're going to have to have all the big Titan trons up and then, or the NASCAR trons.
0: I don't want to get a
3: sued by by uh the world wrestling entertainment for using titan John, but um you know you're going to have to have all this stuff so people can see it how many tickets are you really going to be able to sell to this and do it safely i mean obviously they've they've looked into all this but it still just makes me it still just makes me wonder if you will uh but go ahead you wanted to go on to another topic i
1: apologize no, no, no. I mean, I love it. Like, uh, you know, um, uh, you're, you're sending something to the inner city. I think there's people that are going to access NASCAR that have never been able uh, to, to access it the way that they will. This is a, a grab at another geographic, another fan base, uh, obvious, obviously by the people that we've seen conducting the uh, the announcement that this is uh, – this is a chance to lure in the uh, the African American community. Um, I'm not not upset by that at all. I think that uh, this is great for the sport. And as I said before, I, it's, it's something like the LA Coliseum. You know, this is another way to um, tap into that different geographic. I think it's great for the sport. Different types of racetracks my my
2: biggest
3: con- go ahead, go ahead
2: My biggest concern is if Par thinks Chicago is such a good place to have this race, then why aren't we racing at Chicagoland anymore? Because there's, there tra- there's a track somewhere near Chicago where we used to race, correct? Yeah, Chicago. Man. Yeah. So why aren't we racing there anymore? I know it's a cookie-cutter track, but, you know, what makes, Chicago them think has larger- get- what makes them think people will be any more willing to go watch a street race if they weren't willing to go watch an oval race. And I'm sorry, with the crime the way it is in Chicago, I'm not going to that race. To that race.
1: No, you're going to have to
3: have AK-47s and Tommy guns with you at all times.
1: Exactly. No. no. So no, here's
3: what they said. NASCAR race in Chicagoland and nearby Juliet from... Tw- 01 to 19 but the tracks 2020 race weekend was canceled obviously due to
1: covid 19
3: and then was dropped from the schedule completely for 2021 onwards so there was really nothing wrong with the track they just opted not to go back there so instead NASCAR has come up with this brilliant idea hey let's uh let's do a Chicago street course because you know People want more street, they want more uh, road course races. No. Leave the damn schedule the way it was. Put tracks back that people want to see. Here's what I hope. I hope that God, after this street race is a disaster, after year two, they decide not to go back into year three because it's a three-year deal. North Wilkesboro will be ready. Let's race there again.
2: And you know what? I am a, I'm a road course fan. You guys know that. But even I am to the point where really another road course?
3: Yeah. I mean, after a while, they get, it's like if the track, we said that one, it was just mile and a half cookie cutters. Okay, Cook- give us some more short tracks. Right. They give us some short I tracks. I agree. Now give us more road courses. They give Now they give us nine road courses. I was I was like Chris I was skeptical of the robo when it first started. Now I love that race. Hmm. Um. I think that,
1: but, but I think on the Kentu- other road, go ahead and have that one back too. Uh, right. I you know, um. It, we, because we we've just we've just circled too many of these uh these and the sad thing is is Road America had one hundred thirty seven thousand people come through their gates and now they no longer have a cup race so. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't
3: know. You know, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I think NASCAR needs to, uh, they need to stop. I, I this is going to sound terrible because we're all fans and I've said on numerous occasions, NASCAR needs to listen to their fans. But now I think you're listening one too many times. I think they need to go back to the basics. You know, keep it simple, stupid. Give us, exactly. hey, give us give us a couple of road course races. Give us a mile and a half. and Give us super speedways. Try to make it an even amount of each type of race. Because I've never been a big fan of road courses. I like the oval because it's different. But you know it's like now you're now you're just trying to appeal to the masses and you're get in my opinion and this is my opinion that you're getting away from what made you great and hmm. it's it's just starting to get a little we're appealing to corporate america more and more and not our fan base
1: exactly <laughs> And, and it's uh, a direct lie. Uh, you know, we have one road course in the state out of ten races, and that, that's that's ten percent. But uh, I believe we're somewhere probably around twenty-five percent of our races now are, are, are um, road course racetracks. So right. you you kind of you know you're you're going to all these different places during the regular season, but still in the chase you only have one road course. So is that a true reflection of what NASCAR is about? Because I thought that's what the chase is about, right? The 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 reflection right. of, what, of what NASCAR is. So I mean, we're kind of we're kind of hypocritical in that as well. And uh, you know I think yeah if we can just get back to the basics like Craig said. And uh, obviously, I don't know about you guys, but I heard that Daytona said that they were not wanting NASCAR back on the Fourth of July weekend. I think that that was kind of uh, we may not get it. We may not get it back as good as it once was, buddy. No, and I
3: read that as well. NASCAR, and I think I shared that story. Uh, NASCAR said, or Daytona, the city of Daytona said, we don't need you to fill the city. No, because they've got enough going on. That people going to Daytona are the track are just going because it's there. They're not going because there's a race. So it's part of the attraction on the weekend. But you got miles and miles and miles and miles of beaches and shops and and whatnot that people can go to. And and so kudos to Daytona for saying, hey, we don't need you anymore, NASCAR. We're good for your two weeks a year. We don't need you. We don't need you for a holiday.
0: Right,
2: except tradition,
1: and, and we may not ever get that traditional race back, and and it's sad uh, because though yeah, I like is. the idea of having the wild card race at the last race of the uh, of the, the the race before the chase, I like that idea. With when you have Atlanta like you have it now, you kind of feel like that could be the, that race, you know, um, being that. Atlanta's always been known as kind of the last race of the reg- of the season. Well, it would be the last race of the regular season. There's a lot of correlation between the two. Um, so, you know, and just giving, uh, Daytona, uh, back on the weekend, of the 4th of July, I thought it was going to be, you know, a have to, but it doesn't look like that that's going to be likely, uh, anytime soon. You know, we've skipped through this and we've had so many great subjects already. I mean, it's times already getting away from us. Uh, so, um, uh, I believe we haven't talked about the Ross Chastain Denny Hamlin incident. I think, I think uh, that's all that's in at data. Well, long, I want to know you guys' opinion. Did Denny Hamlin wreck well, first, Ross Chastain, or did Ross Chastain wreck itself?
3: Well? well, it's kind of like it's kind of like let's say years and years ago. I think Ross screwed Ross. He knew what was going to happen when he started pissing these guys off early in the season, and he said it. He knew that he had payback coming. I don't think Denny wrecked him. He just ran him up to where the marbles were at, right where there was where there was no pavement, whatsoever, where there was no tire whatsoever, and Ross lost it. Now Ross is stupid enough, in my opinion, to believe. And I like Ross, but I think he's I think he's dumb enough. He realizes he thinks. That this is all settled now. This is not anywhere near settled with Denny Hamlin. Oh, I am no. here. No. He has done way too much collateral damage or direct damage to Denny Hamlin for Denny to let him get too far in the chase. Even if Denny is out early, he's going to make sure, and he doesn't finish, and he's going to be the one that does it. Chase Elliott's not gonna to have to do it. TrueX isn't gonna to have to do it. But I will. I want to tell you this one thing. and We'll, we'll save this for a little bit. But uh, uh, Chris, I want to tell you, your boy is on the on the bubble. Kevin Harvick is sitting on the bubble, buddy.
1: On the bubble, buddy. Man, and and of all things, I guess that wreck right there. Kevin Harvick was having one of the best runs that I think he's had all year, and uh, had been running in the top five consistently. And of course, uh, Denny Hamlin decided to uh ride Ross Chastain up the racetrack and then Ross Chastain of course turns right into uh Kevin Harvick. I was expecting Kevin Harvick to kinda of throw some bows uh at the end of the race considering, you know, I think that for the first time all year he was kind of a threat. Um am I surprised to see Harvick where he's at, Craig? No. Um I I, I just can't believe I've been riding this Harvick train for Two years past due, right? Uh, you know, Denny Hamlin has gone on to uh, prove that he's still a threat. And if you don't remember, it wasn't that long ago, uh, Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin were the ones winning all the damn race. Well, yeah. you know, that's not been, that's not been the case uh, for the last two seasons as this drought keeps on getting further and further away. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. And sometimes the drivers, they don't know when uh, – you know when their last win's going to come and you know Harvick's not competitive week in week out so it's going to be hard to say uh, if he was in the playoffs he wouldn't be a threat
3: hey listen before we go on i want to talk about numbers real quick tv ratings i just noticed usa network earned a 1.56 rating with 2.59 million viewers for sunday's m&m fan appreciation 400 at Pocono. um Two point five almost two point six million viewers. Um for a Sunday afternoon. That's that's not too shabby. So, you know, congrats to NASCAR. I can't wait to see and pick who we're gonna who we're gonna pick for the SRX race this weekend. Oh wait, that season's <laughs> over. <I> forgot. <laughs> and congratulations to so, I mean, you, Chris,
1: We we can go to the SRX series. I I have a confession to make. Um, As your
0: your
1: championship winner, um, I think that I should probably detail uh, this information because it bothers me. It bothers me that I'm the champion of a series that I have not even watched a race from since week three. Um, I feel like I kind of let y'all down. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, it's it's kind of obvious that uh, you know when you pick Tony Stewart at the last race of the year uh, for his series, even if he didn't walk away with the championship, he's likely not going to finish last. And so I kind of stole that one from you guys. Uh, but uh, you know, hey, uh, when you had the kind of year I've had, uh, you get them any way you can. It's just short track racing.
0: <laughs> Listen,
3: I, I I have to admit, Chris, I've watched I've watched one race. All year, the sixth. I I, I caught some of the dirt race, but that was it. Um, I'm going to do my best next year to uh, pay a little closer attention to the series, and maybe they'll make some changes. Yeah, well, you know, I got other things to do than watch Tony Stewart pretty much dominate it, you know, or watch old guys run around the track. I can do that. I can do that I, anywhere. I can watch old people run around Walmart.
2: I watch every single race. And I'm going to tell you, the last two season were the best. That race at Sharon was phenomenal. It was just too much fun watching these guys drive those cars that are not set up for dirt on a dirt track that was perfectly prepared and the rain in the area helps that out a lot because that's that's hard packed red clay and i know what that dirt's like because i've tried i i spent many years trying to garden in it so i know how i know what that that dirt is like and it was a lot a lot of fun to watch them try to handle these cars that are not Set up for dirt on that perfect track. Very interesting. So
1: uh, I hear Paul Tracy went out and uh, wrecked Dave Blaney, ruined his night kind of early. Did did full report on that? What what exactly the deal with Paul
2: Tracy was? Oh, I have no idea. I I mean I watched the race, but. I I didn't look into behind the scenes stuff or anything. But yeah. Well, yep. Blaney Ryan and Kenza both got put out on the first seat race. And neither <laughs> one of them ever did anything. Um What happened? Ow. Oh, Stop it. They got they got caught up in a wreck in the first seat and and neither of their cars. They tried to get back out. Ken just, I don't think, ever did get back out. Ryan did, but the damage to his car was so expensive that he just couldn't do anything. Right.
1: Huh. So the, this wreck must have happened because of Paul Tracy or something from, when I, from what I'm gathering uh, from the reports.
2: Yeah, but, Paul's uh, usually got a finger in everything, so, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i am looking forward to seeing you know this race this uh series continue as well. I mean you know I didn't get to watch all the races uh this year like I was hoping I would be able to and and I kind of kind of did feel like I kind of lost some interest into it just a little bit uh I'd like to see a set of new players brought to the table i'd like to see some of these guys that haven't really performed in the last two years replaced by some guys who may be a little bit more exciting to watch um yeah, and oh uh, you know God, maybe, see, you maybe see tony stewart step away and and you know i think that that would be i i know that he needed the star to get things started uh but uh you know uh, even still I, I think tony stewart his talent kind of outmatches all these other guys if you want to talk about a true superstar, Tony Stewart is a true superstar. The the rest of Amen. these guys are just kind of they're just kind of faking it till they make it.
2: And I don't know what their contractual it, it, obligations are with Willie T, but boy, they need to get rid of him. He is <laughs> not meant to be in the booth, nor is he meant to be a pit road reporter. <laughs> God loves the man. He tries, but he's just so flat. And you you know, I, it's, probably,
1: it's probably the reason why we've never seen much of Willie T after his racing career. I, I feel like
0: right. maybe
1: somewhere it was already written down that he was not going to be too well uh, in the uh, in the media <laughs> world, so. Obviously, CBS got the wrong scouting report on Willie T. Riz.
2: (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Hey, and how about Marco? Finishing the race with a broken wrist.
1: Yeah, that's amazing, man. Way to go, guy.
2: I've seen the X-Race. That's got to be
1: painful. You know, and and that was a heck of a break on his arm. I, I think that of any of the opportunities that I've seen, the one that I think we're missing here is is getting to see Marco maybe try out a truck and uh, and who knows uh, we've seen Jacques Villeneuve uh, qualify for the Daytona 500, I, I would love to see Marco Andretti be given the chance I think that uh, the Andretti family always has a special place uh, for NASCAR to have Helio Castroneves and Marco Andretti in a Daytona 500 field, uh, I think that that could be a uh, really big for um, you know the world stage. Uh, you know everybody in the world knows an Andretti, and Helio Castroneves yeah, is, uh, yeah. is a superstar in his own world as well. When I when I said Tony Stewart being the only superstar, I, I did want to include Helio Castroneves in that uh, because he is he is without a doubt a true superstar of of the sport, just not a multi-sport similar to Tony Stewart. So. But I would love to see Marco right. be given that shot, maybe a truck series race uh, before the end of the year, and then a possible Daytona 500 entry. I think that would be awesome to see an Andretti and a Neves battle our guys for a Daytona 500 victory.
2: And I think that SRX has opened that door. I mean, we've already had other people. Doug Covey got his chance to run in trucks. There have been several other racers, through the SRX series that has had, um, you know, the opportunity to race in in NASCAR, Um, you know, and and we're seeing a bit more crossover as well from Indy into NASCAR. And, and, And I think that's a good thing. I'd like to see a little more reciprocity, I know that you know. There's always the guys that want to run the um, the Indy 500. Um, You know, the the people that try, the guys that try to do the, uh, you know, the the Coke 600 and the Indy in the same weekend, that kind of thing. But it it, would be nice to see a little more reciprocity from Indy to have NASCAR drivers. Maybe NASCAR drivers aren't as interested in. Open wheel, but you know it's it, it's nice to see crossover either way to show that racing is a community regardless of what form you're in.
1: Right? Would it not stun the whole world if Kyle Busch left NASCAR to go drive Formula One for Red Bull? Would that not be the most Ooh. shocking thing in the world ever? Is that where we want to be at with with our racing with our with, with where we sit at at the table the racing world? I believe so, Miss Lee, and I believe that's exactly what you're saying. And how how like way out of this world would it be to see a driver, that's still a capable, still at their prime, step away from NASCAR to go drive a Formula One car? I mean, you know, uh, hey, uh, if anything was wild and anything could happen. Uh, this is one of those things I think, you know, it's, it's a dream to, to see that. But where the sport mm-hmm. is going and how – and in the stage that we're trying to set ourselves on, something like that may not be as far-fetched as what we feel like it is today. We'll never see a Kyle Busch – we will never see Kyle Busch go drive for Red Bull in Formula One. But how cool would it be if that possibility could be there?
2: Right. I, just yeah, I mean Jimmy.
1: Be nice. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. No, no, Craig. Please, yeah. please. I mean, I'm, I'm grabbing. Come on.
3: Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson in IndyCar. Car. I mean, it's taken him a couple of years to like find his footing. I think if he if he if he sticks it out, he might find it by the time he's seventy.
0: <laughs> um, I mean,
3: I make a joke, but. How many how many successful IndyCar drivers have we had come over to NASCAR and not be able to make it? Now I said right. successful, and it just goes to show you that these cars that we have now, or the the, the NASCAR style vehicles, because cool. there ain't nothing on that shit that's stocks. Um, it's a different animal. No. And, and vice versa. Most. You got guys going over to IndyCar and F1. Prime example: Jimmy Johnson, Mister Seven Time. You would think that this would be a decent, <clears throat> this would be a good fit for him. Hell, it's a race car. But he just couldn't find the groove. He just couldn't find the tune mm-hmm. to play the right song.
1: He's done a great. Uh, job, but uh, he's definitely Tony Stewart's the one that kind of broke the mold Robbie Gordon, of course, had a little open-wheel experience, Kim Richmond had a little open-wheel experience Paul Menard uh, had open-wheel mm-hmm. experience uh, so the most right. uh, Sam well, Marnins Jr. Sam Bill. Dario Franchitti um, was Christian Filipposi, I believe Christian Filipposi uh did a little stint in NASCAR. Uh Almendinger, Almondinger, a Formula Formula 1 driver. Speed uh Scott Speed right. Formula Formula 1 driver. Um so those are just uh, to name a few that come from Open Wheel modif- uh from Open Wheel racing and also Kenny Irwin the late Kenny Irwin Jr. uh was a USAC driver along with Jeff Gordon who was a USAC driver. So those are those are still kind of in the Open Wheel ranks there. Uh, when you're talking about the crossover, Tony Stewart, the most successful guy, he won a championship in Champ, and then won a championship in Cup. So uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, but, but think about what Kurt Bush did by going and finishing what fourth or fifth in the, in the Indy 500, that one year that he did the crossover. Um, right. Yeah. All of a sudden Kurt, you know, by what Jimmy Johnson did this year and how he, how, how he competed, you know, Kurt Busch, one and done fourth place finish, man. Wow. That dude's a, that dude's a hell of a driver. I think it is a lot different beast when you're going in and you're doing, uh, the road course racing for, you know, for what it's worth, (laughs) uh, road course racers have not had, you know, their best experiences in NASCAR. Uh, but, uh, you, a guy like Juan Pablo Montoya, uh, when you put his talent that he come from in the open wheel side, which was another very successful uh, driver that gets overlooked mm-hmm. a lot of times, um, right? You know, you you, you give the success that he's had, oh, most of that come at road course racing in NASCAR. So, um, but uh,
0: yeah,
1: what else we got? Um, let's Indy. talk. We got Indy this week. Yep,
3: we do. We had a double, do we? Yeah, we have a double duty this week. No, where was the double? Then Indy raced theirs, and then we raced ours.
2: That's in Indy and Xfinity on Saturday. Okay. The Indy race. I is this for is the 40 second year On NBC, and Xfinity is at three thirty also on NBC. Okay,
1: so what what we're saying is. Uh IndyCar and NASCAR are in the same garage this weekend, right? Um and Correct. and the and the Indy Cars are gonna race Saturday with the Xfinity cars just at different times. Right. Oh wow. Wow. So the crossover here's a perfect example. Here's where engineers can talk with other engineers and um, you know, learn off of each other and start to make uh kind of make <laughs> friends, I guess. Uh, I think Roger Pinski is is a genius, and from what everything i've under, understand uh in the the brickyard had turned into a facility that needed a lot of work over the last two years that Penske has owned this place he has turned it back into the magnificent facility uh that has been remembered uh basically it's so clean you could uh, eat off the bathroom floors just The way that I heard it described Um, Penske uh, knows what he's doing With racing I believe he's got Too many irons in the fire uh, Based off of You know being a car owner in two different Leagues and and also Owns the Indy 500 And the Indy Racing League but You know I I guess he has every right to but uh, You know I I wish we were racing On the Oval guys I'm not going to lie This road course is not really Thrilling for me this weekend um, if we're going to race the Brickyard, let's race the Brickyard.
3: Oh. Uh, Daniel Kavat will be making his NASCAR debut on the IndyCar, on the Indy Road Course for Team Hetzberg. Uh, Formula, Formula 1 driver Daniel Kavat will make his NASCAR debut in Sunday's Cup Series race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Course uh, in 110 F1 starts. He's had three podium finishes across three different teams. His last start came in the 2020 final finale at Abu Abu Dhabi. He'll drive the number 26 for Team Hetzburg. The team has also entered the number 27 car of Loris Hessman's into the race. So there will be two cars that will get in the way and cause a bunch of wrecks.
2: Right. And also (laughs) of note, um, Sage Karam is on. Hall for Joseph's New Garden for the uh, Indy Race and is also running oh my gosh Xfinity or Trucks? Yeah, I believe it is been- uh, yes I believe it. Uh, Trucks are not racing this weekend
1: are they?
2: Yes trucks are racing they are over at uh, IRP oh okay Man,
1: wow, the oil were. Race, wow. Wow. That's uh that's a venue I really wish we were at this weekend. That's a great racetrack over there. Um the uh the uh regular season points ended this past weekend with the Cook series. You guys catch that? I did.
3: Um I did. I was I went to actually watch the truck race today because I was off of work. And uh, because it was scheduled for another day because of the rain, it didn't it didn't record on the DVR. So that kind of sucked. Uh, I, I was looking for, I was looking forward to just sitting back and watching a truck race today. Seeing how I didn't have anything scheduled, uh, you know I didn't have anything scheduled to do. Seeing how we did a pretty much a turn and burn to New York State and came
1: back. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Uh Craig, uh, by now I'm sure that the trip seems doesn't seem as long as what uh what it did when in the beginning, right?
3: Oh no, it's ridiculous. We got caught in three accidents on I-95 coming back in 120 miles from home. Oh wow. Each How one, long did it take? We just drive straight. Uh, yeah, we usually do. Uh well, we did stop at my sister's in Hanover, Pennsylvania near, near Gettysburg rather and uh had breakfast with her, and uh, then was we had a like stop a because we were.
1: Did... Sorry. What is that? Like a twenty-hour ride?
3: Twenty-four with stops for gas. Wow. So yeah, it's getting to be it's you know that's the first wedding of the season, um, that was already booked before we moved. Um, yeah. So we've got a few more planned that are up there, but I honestly can't wait till the end of the year. (laughs) I mean, listen, I don't want to get into politics because this isn't a political show, but Sleepy Joe is, uh, the gas prices are starting to kill me, even though they're kill us, even though they're coming down a little bit. The cheapest place we found gas was uh, just north of, uh, in Georgia, Kingsland, just north of Kingsland, Georgia, for three, Fifty one a gallon. Yeah. Oh wow. That's not what we're paying uh, on. Now. And then in New York, of course, you bend over and get the Vaseline because it's like four eighty five a gallon. Yeah
0: right. <laughs>
3: but you know, I, I just think I just you know, it, it was a nice weekend. We got to visit with the kids and, and whatnot, and see the kids, and well, some of them, and we brought the grandbaby back with us. But. um yeah. No, we stopped visiting my sister for an hour or so, had breakfast, and then of course we're passing a Harley dealer, so I got to stop there because she said, "Okay, go ahead and stop. You got you got twenty minutes." And uh, said, "Yes, dear." <laughs> but um, it's amazing the price of things in different areas. Not 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 to divert devolve to too far off the subject, but like where we bought our bike. Another Harley dealership an hour up the road, the same bike is four thousand dollars less. Mm. Um and it comes into the same damn port. It comes in on the same damn truck. So it's just amazing how that works. Same thing with gas. I mean a gas station thirty miles up the road from us is selling gas for just just over three seventy something a gallon. Well down here in town we're paying four oh four. So I mean, it was it was a nice trip. Just couldn't wait. I mean, between all the con- between the construction and the and the accidents, each accident was about an hour and a half on I-95. Yeah. I- so, yeah, it was it was great. You know, not. I felt like I was at a red flag at at Daytona or something like that, where they cleaned up the carnage. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For you know. sure
1: all right well uh so maybe uh and marola turning backwards on pit road any problems with that y'all see any issues with that and turning backwards yeah that could be a problem i didn't
3: see
0: it
2: <laughs> well the, but, the yeah. whole the whole thing was because it was not under uh, uh regular pit stops and there was nobody else there it really didn't cause an issue had it been under uh, you know group flag stops, yeah, it would have been a problem definitely, but you know it where he was he he couldn't get on the pit road from the front entrance so you know when when his issue occurred i don't right. know, I don't see a problem with it.
1: Well, I think if he had turned around the raceway and gone backwards, I, I would have had a problem with that, an issue. But being that he uh, he did go down to the end of pit row and basically turned in that way, that's the uh, that's the place where he could come out with the least amount of destruction. If uh, NASCAR wanted to penalize him a lap uh, that he would have lost in that situation, I, I think I would have been okay with that. I'd rather have a lap down with the undamaged race car than a lap down with the damaged race car. So. Uh, The risk would be worth the reward uh, for that matter. But uh, no, but I I do believe that that's going to be something that uh, NASCAR will address. And probably uh, we won't be seeing too much more of somebody turning into pit row like that. But I did hear that they had called for a wrecker and NASCAR said, no, drive it around. So um, they were not going to dispatch a wrecker service for a car that was able to continue on its own. Somebody I was watching... I was watching on the trip home on uh, the
3: NBC app. I don't remember who it was. They got a flat tire outside of turn, just in between turns one and two, I believe it was, and they were able to limp their car all the way around. Uh, and it didn't bring out a it didn't bring out a yellow flag. And I thought for sure with twenty to go that it was going to bring out a flag. So kudos to NASCAR and Goodyear for. Um, uh you know maybe finally bringing a tire to the track that can hold up and, and not sink these cars the way that they were
1: yeah obviously spoken is a good place for that to uh be transparent you know because if he was able to make it all the way back around um i believe that was chris busher and i was surprised as well that the caution did not come out uh you know being nascar is normally quick on the trigger uh, with just a few laps to go, to go ahead and call that caution, uh, to let it green flag, stay green flag. I think uh, just showed that NASCAR is willing to stick to their guns and say that they're not going to over officiate. So, uh, but uh, you know, um, I just don't really have much more. I think we we kind of went through it. We we did not have our full itinerary tonight. Um, but uh, I just think getting us back on the air, and getting us uh, involved, is was really the most important thing. Having Miss Lee on is is really cool. Um, so mm-hmm. we haven't really stuck to segments or anything, but uh, you know, that I, as I said, I think the most important thing was getting everybody back on the air, and uh, kind of having just uh, you know, a talking racing segment. And I feel like we've kind of covered those bases. Uh, Noah Gregson, I think, is something that we hadn't mentioned yet. The the tie gives Noah Gregson. Finish uh in the Xfinity series, maybe you guys didn't get to watch that. I didn't get to watch it either. I just heard about it uh but uh I guess basically showed some maturity from what I understand and didn't wreck noah Gregson <laughs> um yeah uh, there at the, it was the it was good
2: clean race thing
1: so uh Noah Gregson pulled a move and stuck it down in the bottom, and it worked for him and uh you know, uh, once again, this guy's showing off his, his talent as a race car driver, something that I didn't give Noah Gregson much uh, in the beginning. I believe we've been super critical of Noah here at the 110 Nation, and he's been a past guest of ours. Um, but uh, there's been a lot of growth, I feel like, since his father's incident. Um, a little bit of, uh, you know, the world doesn't owe you anything. I think that's a reminder to a lot of kids who may have had it. Uh, a little bit better than most of us. I don't want to say a silver spoon in his because I didn't I wasn't raised in the Gregson family but he from Las Vegas, kinda of similar to the to the Bush boys. Uh when you when you live in Las Vegas you you know and you're able to uh, have some kind of something to do in racing then you obviously uh are on one side of the spectrum and not the other. So uh Gregson I think comes from a pretty well uh well and done family. Um but you know, not everything's going to be given to you just because you come into this world wealthy. And uh, I think over the last couple of years, we've seen a little bit of maturity out of Noah. Of course, the wreck earlier in the year where he wrecked half the field at the road course, I, I, I do understand that that's still above. But but how about the bounce back, right? I mean, you, you get called an idiot, you get fined you get by NASCAR, and then, you know, a couple of weeks later, you come out and you whoop everybody's ass. I mean, that's that's how you live and learn, right, guys?
2: I think a lot of maturity was shown by both Noah and Kai. Like I said, that was some very good, clean racing at the end of that race. And they both showed their talent and they both showed that they're listening. They're listening to the people that are coaching them and that, you know, yeah, you may have daddy's or or granddaddy's money behind you. But you can't just keep wrecking people. Right. And so I, I, I think they both showed a lot of growth in the end of that race.
1: Yeah, you're not finding any, any poor kids from the inner city uh, racing race cars right now. I mean, that's just, you know, this is not, racing is not a sport like baseball and football uh, where or even oh. soccer, even where, uh, there's a inner city uh, uh, fundraiser uh that keeps kids with something to do racing is is an investment sport it's an investment by parents from uh the time that they're five and six years old these days and so you you know you any racer that's made it up to that level they they come from some kind of security right they come from some kind of uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, well, it's not that you find some poor kid who never had nothing just wind up in a race car. And I think that's the false impression that we get with Ross Chastain. It took money to get Ross Chastain where he's at. Everybody wants to say, oh, he's so
2: blue-collar, he's a watermelon farmer and all. Uh, Yeah, and you don't think those watermelon farmers aren't making money? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Thank you, Ms. Lee, from farm country. Miss Lee has spoke up and defended me. I appreciate that because exactly, exactly. Um, Ross probably up until this point had everything, um, you know, just like all the rest of the race car drivers, he was given opportunities because of the amount of money that his grandfather could write a check for. Um, that's just how you get that's that's racing these days, and I see um, it in baseball just, as well. Like, baseball used to really be like, an American inner city sport, but over the years, what we've seen. Is baseball become a suburban sport, and and the inner cities really relied on uh, on the NFL on the football side of things and basketball side of things, um, and and I would love to argue that with anybody because it you know baseball is a suburban sport now it's a traveling ball uh, guys around here they start at five six seven years old and they travel uh, until they're you know all the way through high school to play in baseball it's the same way we're racing.
2: Yeah. Just as an aside, I wanted to throw in that Tad Castane, Ross's younger brother, will be racing in the truck series this weekend. This what? is not his first. This is not his first race. He also raced at uh, Watkins Watkins Glen. But just to throw that out there, I, I was looking at the entry list and I was like, hmm.
1: This is interesting. Wow. I mean, somebody didn't just say, hey, Chad, you're Ross's brother. Can you drive a race car? Here's one. Let's see. You know, that's not how this works. <laughs> it's just like Ryan Truett, who's steadily, you know, riding around and, uh, you know, pretty good equipment uh, because of his brother. Martin troops Jr. Brian troops mm-hmm. never have the opportunity to drive full time in Cup, but he but he does get the opportunity every now and then to uh to to drive, uh, pretty good equipment. Um, right. Uh, my question so is. Here's the, been,
3: before we, before we. I find the, this hey, pretty hey,
1: interesting. Okay, Craig, give me one. Go ahead. I, I'll hold my. Sorry.
3: Head. Um. I'm just looking at the truck series. Ms. Lee brought it up. Uh, they legit get 40 minutes to get all the equipment loaded and get off the track Friday night. Um, I was just reading through this on on Jsky.com. I was looking at the schedule for Friday. And they're still doing virtual driver crew chief meetings. Uh they have one scheduled for two thirty on Thursday. And I thought we were past that already, but you know, I thought I thought we were past that and on to face to face. But I just was reading the schedule for Friday and I was like, man, they get forty minutes to get everything loaded and off and begin to start exiting the track at quarter to twelve. I want to say. Go ahead. Are
1: you you're speaking of
2: the truck series at IRP? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Wow. I believe they have they have noise ordinances at IRP, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I that would make doubt sense. It.
2: Yes, that would make sense. Arca is also racing at IRP Friday before the trucks,
1: uh, which, well, you know, we we that's another story. My goodness, I don't know if any of y'all caught the Arca race, but you know, it got called because uh, uh because of sunshine issues. Did uh, they they scheduled the race kind of a late start, and uh, they had to call it. I think uh, about seven or eight laps before it was uh, finished.
0: For
2: it what reason? It was not for sunshine issues. It's because Pocono doesn't have light.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lack of sunshine. I'm sorry. I was. I, did I say sunshine? What I meant was lack of sunshine. Daylight had expired, and they had to call the race. Right. They had a couple of uh couple of uh, caution red flags, I believe, that kind of kept the race mm-hmm. uh, extended a little bit longer. But that's kind of expected, yeah. right? With uh, with what we've seen here lately out of the ARCA series, um, wow. Um, man, I mean, it's Bowman Gray every weekend in the ARCA series, it's, it feels like. <laughs> and and, and the question why so. is why NASCAR, they, they bought into ARCA, but yet they're not on they're not on Sirius XM. Uh, I, I do know that some of the races are played on Fox, I believe. Uh, other races are on slow racing, so... Um, yeah, you know, I'm just uh, just not quite sure why MRN or PRN doesn't carry ARCA now that NASCAR owns them. It makes it more available for people to listen to. not want to
3: give it, I don't want could, could it be, be that? Could it be that NASCAR on. wanted to buy them so that nobody else did not and created
0: competition?
1: Well, no, ARCA was an independently owned racing series for like 80 years. Ninety years. Uh, Arca is older than NASCAR, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, as is. a matter of fact, uh, Miss Lee, you're from
2: Ohio. That's the that's
1: the the stomping grounds, right, of of the Arca series originally.
2: Toledo, yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So Arca <laughs> Arca actually on um, the the um the races that don't have national coverage. ARCA provides their own radio coverage on their website for those races. Um, I don't know why MRN or CRN has not picked that up either, but that's how they handle that at at this point in time. And that's how they've always handled it, even before NASCAR got involved.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, I would think that if NASCAR wanted their series, oh. the series to be taken seriously, that they would do all that they can to give them the most exposure, whatsoever. I mean, it would be great to have them on SiriusXM. Uh, it would be great to have, you know, more coverage. See the stuff on the face on their website. You don't see hardly anything on the ARCA series on, if anything, on the NASCAR.com website. And it's right. a NASCAR-sanctioned body. It's, it's, kind of it's, like, covered,
2: uh, it's covered under their home tracks on, on the NASCAR website. And don't get me started or any other ARCA fan on what NASCAR has done. And what the expectations were when NASCAR bought ARCA?
0: Yeah, yeah. I
1: think we all expected ARCA to finally have an identity, and it's really uh, been quite the opposite. Um, I thought exactly. that ARCA would be a into the NASCAR family, and uh, you know, full fields owners who were interested in you know developing the talent, and and basically we've seen quite the opposite and it's left a lot of these kids that are getting in race cars that have no idea what the hell they're doing and it's not doing any bit of good because there's nobody there to coach these kids uh because there's not enough money nope. in the
2: developmental grounds to to get them i mean you have chad Johnson no for and, out and, loud and the teams and the teams that dominate in arca are all nascar supported um your Venturini's with TRD, um, right. you know, and, and, and the independent teams, they, they can't, the independent teams can't afford the race anymore.
1: Right. Like they were literally making fun of the guy who delivered pizzas. I couldn't believe it. You know, Jamie Little was like, yeah, there's the guy that, uh, that, that delivers pizzas for his full-time job. And I'm like, you know, right. that's, that's crazy. And those
2: are the, and those they- are the kind of people that ARCA, was known for attracting and building up and, and, and helping move on. And, you know, like I said, then, then you have a team like the Venturini and their association with TRD and therefore with, you know, the subsequent teams going up the ladder. That's where KBM gets most of its drivers. And that's where, they then move up to your JGR. Right. You know, ARCA is supposed to be a developmental series. But how developmental is it when an independent driver can't afford to compete with someone like the Venturinis? And I'm shooting myself in the foot because I've got ties to the Venturinis. They they were very instrumental in a lot of what Jason and I have done in the past on the One Ten Nation. Right, but it, right, and it, but, I mean, it all goes back to the money.
1: Right, right, right. I mean, somebody had to pick up the pick up the check, and because because somebody like Joe Gibbs is writing it to somebody, um, mm-hmm. but but you're not seeing. You're not seeing all of the teams getting invested into. You're only getting to see certain teams invested into, and the rest. That's why you're seeing a five-second difference between some of the guys on the front row of the ARCA series, and and from basically eighth place on back, it's it's a cluster of uh, guys who are way off speed and and kind of, you know, may I say dangerous on the racetrack.
2: Yeah, by no by no fault of their own.
0: Right. Because well, I, they, think, I they love that they, use, the they just can't there, afford
2: there. competitive equipment. They, you know, I, I've, I've talked to these people. I know what mm-hmm. a pair of tires or what a set of tires cost. or at least I did before inflation. But, you know, and it's the, these independent smaller teams, they just can't freaking compete. And the changes that they made going with the stock, Ilmore, Motors and you know the, the the stock bodies were supposed to make things more even between the big teams and the little teams, and 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 it hasn't. Right, I, it, you guys can tell. I I'm a big ARCA fan. I've been invested for years, and I I'm just. It, Buying NASCAR, I had or NASCAR buying them, I had big hopes, and it, it it's turned out to not be what everyone hoped it would be.
1: Yeah, and I think that the direction that ARCA should go to and the, is the same direction that the Truck Series, the Truck Series and the ARCA Series need to feed off of each other, and they need to follow similar schedules. And go to some of these tracks, staying away from basically the, uh, the, the the types of tracks where you see the truck series is a 20 race schedule. It should be a 40 race schedule, just like everybody else. But 20 of these races should be at local racetracks uh, throughout the nation where ARCA runs, um, you know, week in, week out to those tracks. And that's, you know, that should be the bridge gap between uh, the truck series and Xfinity series is ARCA you start out with just these tracks. Then you go to trucks where you have some of these tracks where you, you're introduced, where the ARCA trucks and the trucks run together. And then trucks run with the Cups and the Xfinity cars at these other tracks. And it gives that transition, uh, you know, a chance for a driver to develop from those areas. Right now, it's just really, you know, really there's too many options where a driver can develop. And I feel like at this point in time, there really isn't any driver development. Uh, that's That's kind of been a wayside. Over the last couple of years, as we've seen these bigger, bigger team shoes field, there's not as much need now to bring in uh, new
2: talent. Right. Well, and and when you're talking about a series like ARCA, if, if a driver cannot bring some type of sponsorship and this is where I have a bitch with Kyle Bush. Sorry for the language. Kyle Bush says, it's not my job to bring in sponsors. Well, at the ARCA level, it is. It is your job to bring sponsorship or at least to work with your team to bring in sponsorship. It is not there for you to walk into a car that has a sponsor. No, you've got to work to bring your sponsorship in. Right. And I think that that is what Kyle Busch has wrong.
1: Right.
2: Yes. Right. And who knows, maybe work. Kyle
1: Busch is on his way to owning his own race team. Uh, there's a lot of options that Kyle Busch has at this point in time. Um
2: Well, you know, uh, he's he's still got his truck team. And you can't tell me that as a team owner, he doesn't understand that, yes, it is partly his responsibility as a driver to bring that sponsorship with you because that's the model from ARCA. Right. And you don't see too many guys coming into trucks who aren't bringing sponsors with them. So that's where I have my beef with Kyle Busch.
1: I don't know if Kyle Busch has ever had any problem getting a sponsor. You know, he's never, he's never had. uh, I think he's never had to search for sponsors. They've always been willing to be there. Um, Now, the type of money that that type of caliber driver will bring in, that's where you know we've watched these teams that have full-time sponsors all year long buying, you know, buying up the all the space on the car uh, for 40 races. That Those teams are coming, you know, very far and short between. Denny uh, Hamlin, one of the few cars, Smithfield Bacon Car, one of the other ones. Uh, but, you know, see a, a sponsor full-time on a car all year long these days is, you know, very hard to find. And $45 uh, right. million dollars is a whole lot of money, not counting what you're going to have to pay uh you know that's just paying the driver i believe that's just what kyle bush wants as a salary 25 million dollars so you have to have a 50 million dollar sponsor if you're going to have if you're not going to be spending your own money on his equipment you know that's just to write the check right. to the uh to right. the driver for for what he wants to drive for and uh you know i think that uh if he's not willing to go out there and search for his own sponsor uh then uh it's going to be hard to find somebody committing that kind of money uh you know I may be wrong, Miss Lee, but uh you know who knows maybe Dodge has really got this stuff sewed up, and they're gonna put Kyle Bush in the number ten Ford for next year as the transition year they get ready for Stuart Haas racing uh to announce Dodge as their new partner and manufacturer for the twenty twenty four race season maybe I don't know uh we'll be uh we'll be finding out pretty soon here if there is another manufacturer that's coming into the sports. For the 2024 season uh that if that is an announcement coming it should be coming pretty soon here so uh maybe it'll all come down with the kyle bush announcement who knows craig moore what you got man
3: i don't know i say let's do fix
1: all right let's do it let's close it out first of all i do want to say uh hey to a friend of mine that's listening to the show um uh, they typically uh they put in a, a, a question each week and you know, this week uh, we didn't get a question but uh Miss Rebecca's had uh a loss in her family and uh our hearts and prayers are to her uh as she's uh, dealing in this difficult time. Um, but uh just uh just to, just to know that somebody that's going through that type is uh, that type of uh uh loss is listening to our show tonight makes me feel really good even if nobody else is listening. Uh, I hope that we brought some kind hey, of Ms. entertainment. Rebecca. Yes, Miss Lee, do what? I?
2: I said, hey, Ms. Rebecca, we love you.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. We love you, Miss Rebecca. Thank you for listening to our show. And uh, hopefully we brought a, a smile to your face here tonight. We've talked about all kinds of stuff. Uh, we love talking about race, and that's what we do here at Race Chat Live on the 110 Nation Sports uh, Radio Show. Uh, looking forward to uh, being back on the air and getting everybody back together uh, next week This Kaz comes on back on board. Um, I, I guess we can roll off into picks. We're at Indy for the uh, road course and then IRP for the truck series. So we've got all three uh, racing series this weekend. Two will be at a road course, one at an oval, uh, starting with the truck series. I'm going to go with Stuart Friesen at IRP. I don't know why Stuart Friesen in the truck series on my radar. At an IRP uh, in the Xfinity series, you know, man, I, I want to go with AJ Allmendinger. Hmm. Um, I just, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know who else I could. You know, I don't know, man. It's just hard in the Xfinity series. You haven't given me anybody. That can come any. I mean, if AJ Almaninger can go win in the Cup Series at at, at Indy, then who the hell is in competition with him in the Xfinity Series? Can I ask y'all that? I mean, who who else? Who else is on the radar? I mean, please throw a name out there so I can decide if I think anybody can really beat
2: AJ. I can't throw a name out because I'm picking Wagner too.
1: I mean, I'm telling you, I just don't, and we're talking about the defending winner in the cup series, uh, AJ Allmendinger is going to come back and try to do it again in the cup series. I will, I will go out on the limb and I'm going with Rebel. Uh, I I think that that probably surprises y'all, but, uh, you know, I just know how hard it is to win in the cup series and, uh. You know, for AJ to be able to come out and pick up another win, I just—it just—it just doesn't feel likely. Um, but uh, I do want to pick Christopher Bell, I, and and trust me, I'm—I I really feel like Michael McDowell is not too far off the map either, guys. Like I, I really wanted to say that tonight, that even though that that fine come down with Michael McDowell, I would not count him out as one to watch this weekend. We know Michael McDowell is yeah. really good at road. Trip. Uh so yeah so don't mean the incentive ball. he needs, yeah, for sure, it could be the fire up underneath his belt, for sure, they said if he
3: wins, uh, McDowell wins, he will be docked to ten playoff points,
2: so wow,
3: uh, you know, if he wins he'll be then there'll be further sanctions, which means he'll be docked ten playoff points, so pretty much. Wow. I mean, he he wants to win, I'm sure, but if he wins, we all know he's going to be one of the first four out uh just because and that yeah, 10 awesome points season. definitely That's, is
0: not is
3: not going to help. I,
1: him. I think there's another guy to watch, Kyle Larson, of course, Chase Elliott. You know, the Cup Series has quite a few a handful of drivers uh that you could go kind of either way with uh at mm-hmm. a road course. Um I just know that a lot of dirt track drivers have great success at road course racing, and so that's why I really feel like Christopher Bell is a is a good pick because I know Joe Gibbs Racing wants to get as many cars and, as high up on that totem pole as he can get, and 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 right now, you know, when you're suffering the type of loss that you have at the uh, with your with your top tier drivers, you're going to put something else in the, in, in the. Uh, and some of the the back marker teams. So chris Christopher Bell's at a prime spot right now to score big uh at uh in the in the uh road course so um who's next to pick?
3: <clears throat> Jason
2: All right. Jason has picked John Honey Chris spot. Dinger for Xfinity, and Kyle Busch for uh, Cup.
1: Kyle Busch for Cup. No surprises
2: there. And, hey, Miss Lee, you've, you've made your picks? Um, I mentioned that I was taking Dinger for Xfinity. First trucks, okay. I'm going to go with Chandler Smith. And mm. for Cup, I'm going with Chase Elliott. Oh wow. wow!
3: She wants to hear the siren for real this week. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. So uh-huh. for my truck pick, I'm gonna, for my truck pick. I'm going to go with Zane Smith. Uh, Noah Gregson.
1: Wow. You just took me off. And there. my cup. Oh Jesus.
2: Uh my
3: cup pick is going to be oof.
2: throw that dirt.
3: My cup pick is going to be Everybody's favorite Mexican. Daniel Suarez. Daniel
0: Suarez?
1: Wow. You know, I, I That's was a panicking. I was panicking kind of mid race because I really thought Ross Chastain was probably going to win. I was wondering, poking uh, up, anybody had Ross Chastain? Did anybody pick him last week? No. Oh gosh, because I really think he would have been the winner had he not wrecked. All right. So Taz, does that does that leave Taz's pick? Who's Taz picking?
3: Yeah, that leaves Taz's pick.
2: I don't think he shared his picks with us.
3: No, he's waiting until we all pick.
2: <laughs> or
1: is letting breathe up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, looks like we got a picks in and we'll hear from Taz later on as he's uh, enjoying his vacation. Uh Miss Rebecca did say thank you uh for the sweet words. Um but uh we want to thank you guys for listening to Race Chat live on the one ten nation sports group. Uh sorry for the hiatus. Uh just glad like to get a show in. Awesome to have miss Lee on board, I swear to God, like you are where you're supposed to be right now. um we're gonna have to get you in on this a lot more uh because as far as I'm concerned, it was just it was just a natural feeling tonight uh having you uh involved in the show um i i, I think Craig could say the same I do tend to take up a lot of time talking myself but uh um miss lee you uh you definitely fit right into the show. And that is amazing considering you could probably pick a 1,000 people and 90, 900, 9, 999 of them uh, would probably not do too well on a show such as this, but uh, you fit right in. So it just shows uh, that we are blessed to have you as a part of our group, but not so much vice versa. <laughs> but the, hey, we are I love you guys, you. and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. But uh, thank you for listening to Race Chat Live, race fans. Uh, we're glad to have you. Of course, we'll have everything structured and back to normal next week, um, and uh, try to have a itinerary something uh, wrote out so uh, uh, we can get back to the fun little gadgets and gimmicks that we do. Uh, we didn't do like checker flag. We didn't do stat of the day. We didn't do all that stuff. But hey, like I hey, said, just no, I'll give you a quick stat of the day. day. Are you ready?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah give yeah, you yeah. a quick stat of the day. The last three races, everybody's favorite wine ass, and I'm not talking about uh, Kyle Bush or anybody. I'm talking oh, about Bubba go, Wallace.
0: Bubba.
3: Yeah, Bubba. He's finished
1: uh, 8.5 in the last three races. Yeah, fire has been lit so. underneath the uh, cape of a super bubble, uh, which is cool. And maybe it's um, because he heard Tyler Reddick's coming to 2311. <laughs> yeah, he thought, it, yeah, but yeah, good good call. Good call, Craig. Uh, man, what a powerhouse group this could be, especially if you get Kurt Bush back and then full health. That's my big concern as we can as we show here tonight. Um, we've had a superstar who we thought, oh, he's just going to miss a race and then wind up being a lot more severe. Um, we we wondered if we would ever get to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. race again, and we did, and it was great. And he he had his uh, his retirement party all year long, and we were able to say goodbye. Uh, but uh, what if we weren't so fortunate with Kurt Busch? What if uh, what if this is this is it, and that that qualifying effort uh, could have been the last time that we see uh, Kurt Busch in a race car? I think that you know when you grasp that and you realize how fortunate. Uh, everybody is to be a part of the sport, and uh how quickly it can go away um you, you, you find a little bit more respect for the sport and you uh you learn to uh learn to to uh, uh, involve yourself somewhere so that you so that you feel attached to it um where Kurt Bush goes from here, I hope that he 's right back in the seat, and I hope that he 's able to finish his career on his own terms if that 's not the case then we're going to see a lot of uh, musical chairs playing uh, because where does ty gibbs go does he go to 45 or does tyler reddick go to the 45 um you know is this similar to what joe gibbs had to do uh, a few years ago where he planted a driver quickly into another seat with uh, eric Jones being at the 77 team over at furniture road you know that could be what we see happen with ty gibbs is he you know perfect world kyle bush resigns you know uh, the shitter's full, so we have to send him on over to somebody else. And uh, you know, Kurt Bush is out with a head injury, so let's stick him over there. Um, we could see something like that happen. A lot of dominoes could fall in the future, um, and I think a lot of that, a lot of this is on the balance of what, what, and where do we go without uh, Kurt Bush. I mean, for real. Like the story all year long has been Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Now all of a sudden. You know, like a book in the in the next chapter, you open it up, and all of a sudden, we're talking about Kurt here. Could Kurt be a main player in this domino of chairs uh, that that we're seeing going on in the Cup Series? So, a lot to think about. I uh looking to
2: huh? Yes, come on, please. I see twenty three eleven with a rotating schedule of drivers in the forty five in 2023 until Tyler Reddick can take it over in the 2024 season. Kurt Bliss is going to stay on. We've already heard this. He's going to stay on in an advisory, coaching, whatever type role. And and I'm praying and hoping that Kurt's health is well, as well. Um, But you know what? If his racing... Career as a driver is over. So be it. I'd rather see him healthy and in a, in another role than have him risk anything. Just like Dale Jr. stepped away.
1: Well said. Well said.
3: All right. Anything else before we
1: close out here? No, I think I'm good. right. I'm good. good. And glad to have you guys listening to the show. We're getting out of here a couple of minutes early here tonight. But uh, make sure that y'all continue to listen to the show. We'll be back on next Tuesday night. It's Race Chat Live. Bye. All right. Good night, good night. everybody. It's music, man. Come on. Where's it at? worst.